Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. Well, um, if this is your first time here and you're like, wait a minute, where's the cool girl who's been up? Well, I guess this is your first time. Never mind. Anyway, if it's your first time here, uh, I've actually been on a break for the past three months. I have been on what we call a sabbatical, okay? A sabbatical is a really fancy word that means rest. And so I have emerged from my sabbatical as a new man. My new nickname is Sambatical. <laughs> I am Pastor Sambatical because rest is no longer a period of life. Rest is a mentality. And so um, before we dive in tonight, do you guys want to see some of the things that I did on my break? (laughs) I went to Paris. I went to New York. I went to the Andes and the Rockies. And then I woke up and did the following things. So uh, first thing on my break, I just spent a lot of time with my family. Everyone say, aw. It's my precious family. So uh, in this picture, we went to uh, New England. We were in Connecticut. Olivia, what's up, dude? It's you. We were in uh, we were in Connecticut. Do you guys remember Jared Whipple? Jared Whipple got married. He's married now, and so I went over there to make sure it was official, and it's it's official. So we got to go to New England, spent a lot of time with my family. Halloween. What did you guys dress up as for Halloween? Panda bears. Okay. Who had the best costume over Halloween? What was it? A keyboard? An e-boy. I don't know what an e-boy is. Um, Maybe I don't want to know. What did you dress up as? Oh, the little green men? Nice. What did you dress up as? Edward Scissorhands. I'm going to stop right here. It's getting creepy. So my kids and their cousin dressed up as the Mario Kart characters. Mario, Yoshi, Princess Peach. This is him going through the loot. So we, uh, man, it feels so weird to not be at Citizens on Halloween, like in that season. So we did some costumes uh, every day. You know what holiday this was? We call this Tuesday um, in my house. And so, yes, Everett's wearing goggles just because. Why can't you wear goggles? And uh, Micah is trying to climb the house all the time. So that was crazy. Um, little pumpkin patch, spend time with Micah. If you, again, if you're new, this is my oldest son. He's four years old. His name is Micah. He's a lot of fun. My second son, his name is Everett. And um, he's also fun slash crazy. Don't let the blue eyes fool you because he looks so innocent in this picture. Do you guys, are you too young to know the Tasmanian devil? <laughs> right? Do you guys, the wild thornberries, was that your age? And like the wild, he's like, literally, that's that's ever from the time he wakes up, you know. And then I got to spend time with our third boy as well, who is, um, who's on the way. So we're really excited. Um, We are having a third boy. He's in the belly. Um, Speaking of the marriage series, where do babies come from? I hope somebody sent it in tonight. (laughs) Ask your mom. Uh, my favorite part, look at this. You guys, you guys got to check out this picture, right? So we're telling the boys that they're having a baby. That They're not having a baby, but 
we're having a baby. They're holding, they're, they're holding a thing, and I just want you to look at Everett's face. I want you to look at Everett. The current baby of the family is in absolute disbelief, right? And we're like, oh, he just must not understand. And then we realize, no, he understands exactly what's happening here. He's being displaced. He is being displaced. And so, um, yes, we have had a good time. Um, huge, I just got to do a public thank you. Dude, Courtney Huskisson, Michelle Adams, these are some of the most gifted, man. Like, the, the fact that you guys are here, and for the last three months, you've continued to grow as Christians. You've continued to grow in community, and our student leaders are growing. Um, this you guys, this community is way bigger than one person, and you guys get to be a part of something super, super cool here. And so I'm grateful for them, but I am glad to be back. And after not addressing students for three months, I found myself wondering, like, what would I, like, what would I want them to know, right? Because we can do, we're doing the books of the Bible, and we're going to be breaking down scripture for the next however many years. But if I was thinking back, you know, back in my teenage years, if I can speak to my old self and, and summarize life in one way, how would I do that, right? You guys, at times, you feel like you're drowning. You have SATs. You got swim practice. You got karate. You got chess club. You're doing weightlifting at 5 o'clock in the morning. And there's so much going on in life. If I, what are the first words, right? You have, if you're about to die, you think about your last words. I was like, what do I want my first words to be? to teenagers? What do I want the first message, the first rally cry that I give my students and citizens youth? And, th- and, I, and I had this idea, okay? If you're a Christian, if you're living for Jesus, you understand that, boom, that it takes time, right? You have a relationship with Jesus, you're reading your Bible, you have prayer, you go to church, and that is an important part of your life, no doubt. And then you have other parts of your life, right? You got school. And he goes, Sam, I, I want to live for Jesus, but school, I'm literally in school for 215 hours a week. That's what it feels like. It's not an actual mathematic calculation. It's been a while. We're going to work on this, all right? We got, we're going to shake off the rust. Just everybody laugh real quick for me. Just... You got school. Um, you got your friends, right? I got friends. I, I got to spend time with them. That takes time. And, and sometimes there's, there's decisions I need to make about friends. I'm not even sure what to do there. There's social media. I mean, that just like, that's a full-time job, right? You guys are maintaining your social media, your search for, surfing the web. Parents, how many people know that's an important part of your life? Your relationship with and submission to your parents. There's your work ethic. Uh, and then there's sports, and so here's first words, first words that if you don't remember anything else from today, this is almost like its own little mini Devo, okay? When I was your age and I would go to a camp or I'd go to youth group and I wanted to be on fire for Jesus, I found myself thinking that I needed to eliminate all of the other things in my life that weren't spiritual. Make sense? Man, if I'm really going to be on fire for God, I can't do sports because I need to focus on that one circle named Jesus. I'm not really going to hang out with any friends that aren't in church because I need to focus on Jesus. And I should probably just delete my social media because I need to focus on Jesus. 
And here's my call to you tonight, and here's how we're going to intro even our new series, is that the key to living life well, the key to following God is living a life that is united through a single lens. And that instead of eliminating all those things, you don't have to stop hanging out with your friends. Isn't that cool? You don't have to delete your social media. You don't have to quit the sports team. But instead, everything in our life becomes an opportunity to serve God. Everything in our life is united under, it's, it's, there's an integrity that is created where it becomes seen through one all-consuming, overarching passion for my life, and that is to follow Jesus. And that is what we are here at Citizens. We are a community of students learning to live for Jesus. Your work ethic, your sports, the way you talk to your parents, the way you talk to your friends, the way you post online, everything is an opportunity for you to go like this and say, Jesus, you are my Lord, and so even in this I honor you. And so as we dig into our new series here, I want to talk about a circle. Because I believe from experience as a teenager, from talking to you as teenagers, there's one thing in life, there's one circle in your teenage life that seems to be, for whatever reason, harder than the other circles to integrate. Anybody know what that is? dating, right? There are books written about how to serve God as a football player. And the greatest football player in the world, Carson Wentz, is setting an example of what it means to be a Christian athlete, right? And we know people on social, I don't know why you're humming over there. This is speaking truth, speaking scripture, right? Carson Wentz, 111. And so then everything else, social media and yes, our friends. But when it comes to dating, A lot of silence. You know that you want to live a lifelong, godly, healthy marriage one day. You know that someday you kind of not mind it if boy meets girl, boy asks girl, girl meets boy, boom, marriage. Like you kind of, you know, even if you're in sixth grade and you're like, ew, but, huh? You know, deep down inside, you're like, I kind of want that one day. And so the question is, how? We know that there's something about dating. There's usually some type of boy meets girl thing. And that, like, what do you do? And so what I want to do for the next two weeks in this series, I want to show you that even the way that you date, that dating doesn't have to be separate from and not touching your relationship with Christ. That it's not like, yes, I love Jesus over here, but now I need to go make things happen. That even in the way that you're conducting an intentional relationship with a person of the opposite sex, even that can be brought under the umbrella of this overarching mission of life is to follow Jesus. And so do you want to know how? Do you guys want to talk about that? Welcome to Happily Ever After. And so I, I was talking to one kid. I go, dude, I'm marrying off at least three kids in the next two weeks. So sign the permission slips, the marital consent forms, bring those back next week from your parents, and uh, you could be one of the lucky ones who has an underage wedding right here at Citizens. <laughs> On the spot. Anyone? Any? Yeah. <laughs> Tucker, I'm getting you today. I'm marrying you off. It's gonna happen. Turnage, I'm gonna marry you off too, all right? 
you must be at least this tall to ride, okay? So um, here's what we're gonna do. Take out your phones, take out your cell phones. If you don't have a cell phone, take out your pen. If you don't have a pen, get on your knees and pray and the Lord will tell me what you're wanting to say. But what I want you to do is, I want you to start a new thread conversation with askcitizens at gmail.com. And so you can, you can open up your email, you can open up a browser if you want, or I think if you have an iPhone, you can literally just text, um, and then you have the thread, you can use it again next week. And as I'm talking today, if you have any questions, shoot them in. And so at the end of the, at the, end of the night, we're going to have a panel up here, um, and they're going to answer your questions. The, uh, tonight, where are my ladies at? <laughs> it better sound different when the guys are asked that question I'm just getting that out of there, okay? I want at least three octaves lower. So ladies, tonight is ladies' night. Tonight, we are gonna be talking through your perspective, through your side of the issue. And then next week, where are my men at? No. (laughs) Woo, puberty on three. One, two, three, puberty. Yeah. Um, Next week, we're going to talk through the guy's perspective. We'll have a panel as well. Um, But it's going to be good. So can we jump in? Is there anybody here slightly interested to hear what I have to say about dating? Anyone? Okay. Anyone here need to be excused to go uh, excuse yourself from the cooties? Anyone? Okay. All the adults. Well, let's get started. Two things. Yes, yes, two things. Everybody say two. All right. Here we go. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. Before we get started, there are two things we need to do, otherwise this whole talk won't work. If we don't do these two things, the next two weeks are going to be wildly ineffective, okay? The first thing, everybody say number one. The first thing we need to do is to have freedom from shame. I'm going to tell you a secret, and I'm going to ask that you don't tell anyone else that's not in this room. I want you to look around all the adults in the room, find an adult, point to them and say, old person! No, no. Hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But here's what I want you to understand. All of the, yeah, they couldn't even hear you anyway, so it's okay. (laughs) These ancient 40-year-olds. Hey, listen, listen, listen. None of the adults in this room, and I'm, I'm trusting you to keep our secret. None of the adults in this room have done this perfectly. Okay? And what you need to understand is that there is no shame. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what we're talking about here is not a tool to say, you messed up, you stupid fool. What? No way. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And so we all are wanting to grow and follow Jesus better. Is that fair to say? All right. The second thing we need to do is say number two. We need freedom from shame, and we need humility, okay? And here's what I mean by that. Everybody, I need everybody to smile at me, and everybody to practice their smile. You need to be prepared to laugh at yourself, <laughs> okay? Because, yo, listen, we cannot take ourselves too seriously because I'm going to say things up here and I'm going to describe profiles of people and I'm going to talk about mistakes that I've made. And if you're going, well, no, not me because I'm just blah, blah, blah. If you're getting hot and bothered, you're going to get defensive and you're going to miss it. But if you can just go, yep, I did that. 
Yep, that's me. If we can just accept the fact right off the jump that none of us are beyond reproach, I think we're gonna be better. So everybody say, I'm free from shame. And say, I'm humble. Are you? All right. Well, then let's get started. Here we go. Here we go. First things first, I wanna welcome you all for this series to the Apple Store. All right, all right, welcome to the Apple Store. Anna, would you please? Welcome to the Apple Store. And so, welcome, let's go in. You guys ready? Let's actually go into the store, and I wanna tell you what you're gonna find here in the store. In the store, at these tables, you can't see this, but I want you to imagine, all throughout the store are ladies. Where are my ladies at? <laughs> ladies are in there, so they're like, yeah, I'm glad, because I'm, I'm getting an Apple product. No, no, listen, you're in the store and ladies are literally lined up all along these tables. There's ladies and in front of the ladies are these tables and on these tables in front of them are these MacBooks. And now it is every, it's every lady's dream. She is born, she watches Disney movies about it. Her dream is one day a man is gonna walk into the store with a fat old wallet of cash and he's gonna get down on one knee and say, I'd like to buy this MacBook until death do us part. <laughs> oh. And that's the dream. Ladies are looking forward to that day when a man will walk in and make a lifelong purchase. Now, inevitably, there's going to be some shopping around, right? Nobody walks into the store and says, bam, that's mine. There's probably going to be a season, a period of time where a man will walk in, show some interest in the MacBook and say, hmm, would you like to spend some time together to figure out if this is the right MacBook for me and if I'm the right person for you dating? And at the end of that period of time, they're going to make a decision. Perhaps after spending time together, perhaps after checking the keyboard responsiveness, and if they're right-handed versus left-handed, and if they even know how to use the Mac, perhaps they'll come to a decision and they say, you know what, this was great, we're actually not great for each other, it would not be a wise decision to make this purchase, and so let's go our separate ways. That's okay. That would be a good thing because they made a decision. Or maybe after a period of time of getting to know each other and checking things out and they're growing in their confidence and they go, whoa, I could see this on my mantelpiece at home where I type. <laughs> and so after that period of time, that would be a tough typing job, right? And you'd be so hot too, because like the fireplace and your pits are just sweating right here, right? So, and then you're dripping, oh, it'd be, it'd be bad. Don't type on the mantelpiece, trust me, from experience. And so maybe after this period of time of getting to know each other, they'll go, you know, this is actually working out. And the man gets on one knee and he says, will you follow me to the cash register so I can cash out? And she says, yes, yes, yes. And they live happily ever after, right? Except for all of the problems of marriage and the pain of being sanctified by your spouse. You know, that's what you guys are expecting. 
And so that's the metaphor. That is what every girl wakes up and she goes, man, I can't wait for a man to come in and show that he's worthy, that he has enough money for this MacBook and make the purchase. So here's the first takeaway. Here's the first thing. As we extrapolate this metaphor, the first thing I want you to understand is that these are extremely valuable machines. Ladies, eyes up here. These are of great worth. You know who made these? Not Steve Jobs. God. God made these. And so our first, oh yeah, God made these. They are so special that the first version, OS1, right? Like OS1 BC. Well, never mind. (laughs) OS1, when God made the very first model and the first dude walked into the first Apple store and he saw it, he goes, whoa, man, and he breaks out into song. And he just literally starts doing the jig. And he's like, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woe man, right? Like that's how valuable these things are. Fiddler on the roof, it's, it's a thing. These things are extremely valuable. Ladies, this is a MacBook, not a Chromebook. Okay? And so the first takeaway of the night is this. Ladies have immense value and worth. And now listen, if you've, if you've ever been in an Apple store, you know how valuable and worthy they are. And so you are not surprised when you see the price tag. You're not surprised when you see how expensive they are. Because they are so valuable and worthy, not any old scrub can walk, in the, walk into the store and grab one, right? And next week, where's my men at? Next week, when we talk about the men, we're going to talk about cash money, right? Where you need man dollars. You need money to buy a MacBook. And all the guys go, duh. They don't want to say duh, but they're going to say duh next week, all right? So we'll get there. You need cash money. And so they're extremely valuable, and they're worthy. Ladies, you're worthy. You're, you're worth it. You have a great value and worth. Because God made you. I had a scripture verse up there just a minute ago from Proverbs 31. Speaking of a wife, her value is greater than pearls. Think about the most expensive commodity on the planet. Women, you're greater than that. And you need to know that. It's the first thing in the metaphor. And so you ladies, you are here and you are waiting for the day where a man will come in and purchase the MacBook. But here's what you need to understand. Ladies who follow Christ are doing more than just waiting. Ladies who follow Christ are getting ready. They're not sitting passively waiting for that day to come. They are actively getting ready. Because ladies, here's the trick. Ladies, here's the truth. And I know you know it, but it needs to be said. You are not born with a perfect MacBook. Some assembly is required. There's a lot of work to be done on the MacBook. So you can't just pop it open and go, it's for sale. No way, it's not ready yet. And so you need to do things to it. You know, the the hardware and the... The software, 
You need to do the coloring, the, the, the painting, all the things, you know? I'm better translating the metaphor, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get ready to sell your MacBook. And so from the time that you are all little girls, you are beginning to work on and prepare your MacBook. Ladies, you are growing up. You are moving toward maturity so that one day you'll be ready. And so ladies, I'm looking at you. Are you ready? Are you ready right now for a man to walk in and marry you? Like I'm in seventh grade, stop it! Are you ready? Here's the second takeaway for the night, okay? Second takeaway. Ladies, you are under construction. Say, I, just the ladies, I am under construction. Now listen, I'm not talking about perfection. You need to hear me. I'm not saying that you need to be perfect before you're ready to be married. I'm not saying that. But there is a lot of foundational work to be done, ladies. There's a lot of things that need to be done in your life before you are ready to be a wife. There's a lot of growth that needs to take place before you are ready to be a lifelong partner with a godly man, to serve God, to support one another, to raise children, and to lead a family together. There's a lot of work to be done. And so let me ask you guys, what does a mature woman look like? Let's do some interaction here. Ladies, I want you to tell me what does a mature woman look like? A lady who is ready to be married. Describe her. Let's throw out some bullet points. She's responsible, right? That's really good. What else? Describe a mature woman. Yes, yeah, it. She's nice, right? She doesn't think the world revolves around her. She, she goes, I'm nice. You're nice. You're really nice. You're not ready yet, but you're nice. You're nice. What else? She's beautiful. Where is she beautiful? On the outside or the inside? Both? I mean, maybe, but at least on the inside, right? I, next? What else? Say it again. Obedient to who? And God, a, a wife, she, a woman who's ready to be married is obedient. She knows how to follow, right? She knows that if she's going to lead, she needs to be able to follow. So she's obedient to God. She has shown a track record of being obedient to her parents. Actually, you're on to something. Guys, side note. I know I'm not talking to you to next week, but I'm going to give you a clue. If a, girl sh like, if a girl is talking to her parents like that, how is she going to talk to you one day? Okay? Right? I'm just saying. That's for free. All right? Anyway, ladies, what else? What else? She's honest. Good. What else? She knows how to communicate. What else? Her identity is found in Christ. What else? Describe godly women you know. She's humble. Selfless. Oh, you have to be selfless, right? My wife literally is giving away nine months of her womb to another human being. I don't even want to share my bacon. She's sharing the very nutrients in her bloodstream. You better be selfless. What else? She makes good bacon. That's what a good wife does. She said it, not me. I bring home the bacon. She cooks it. All right, this is, woo, I want to talk to your parents. Oh, she has to be trustworthy. What was the second word? She's faithful. What else? 
She's a servant. What else? She's patient. Ladies, I hope you're listening. You need to get an understanding because here's what I've seen, right? Ladies, they go like this. They go, I'm not ready to get married. So I'll just call me when I'm ready. Oh, I'm 18. Okay. Christian ladies are doing more than waiting. They are actively getting ready. They are moving toward maturity. And so ladies in the audience already said it, but let's do some bullet points. What does maturity look like? Godliness. I asked one of our youth staff ladies to describe godliness. I'm just gonna read you what she said because it was perfect. She has Jesus at the center of her life. She's not looking to the husband to be her rock. She has learned to study God's word and live it out. She's actively developing and growing in her faith and can help point her husband to Christ as he points her to Christ. She desires to become more like Jesus. She's convicted of her sin, confesses, and asks for forgiveness and forgives in return. My little sisters, grow in this. Grow in godliness. Number two, identity, image, and self-worth. If you are looking to a man to give you your sense of worth, your marriage is going to be painful. You are not going to be a good partner. And so ladies, I ask you, who are you in Christ? Do you know how much you're loved by Jesus? Do you know what he has made you to be and how valuable you are, regardless of what dudes think of you? My sisters, grow in this. Healthy relationships. Dude, this is so important. You need to have, ladies, you need to have healthy relationships with other ladies. How many times growing up, you know, we'd be in school and I was one of the guys, I was like, I just get along better with girls, you know? And all the older guys are like, yeah, you do, you know? Or girls, I just don't really get along with girls. I just, I just get along with my guys. I'm one of the guys. You need to be able to have healthy relationships with guys and girls. If all of your relationships with guys are characterized by this unhealthy flirtatiousness, that's going to be a problem when you're married and now you don't know how to relate to your brothers in Christ in the family of God. If you don't know how to relate to your sisters and everything is, is, by, is characterized by this competitive cattiness, you're not gonna last long because you need your sisters in Christ. And so if you're still at a point of going, I don't really know how to have good friendships with girls. I definitely don't know how to have good plutonic friendships with guys. My sisters, grow in this. Purity. In our culture, and if you're new to citizens, we talk about this all the time. In our culture, we know that we need to be actively waging war against the culture's view of sexuality. And we are a minority here. We are the weirdos of society because we follow the Christian sexual ethic. And so ladies are not compromising and following the sexual ethic of our world. They're following Christ. And so my sisters, grow in purity. A mature woman, a person who's ready, understands that she is not to compromise. Ladies, listen to me. You are not ready until your standard is high enough. You are not, and I'm gonna get to this in a moment, you are not ready to sell your MacBook if you're still willing to give it away for a discount. 
MacBooks are never on sale. On Black Friday, they are not on sale. And so if you're still a girl who thinks that it's Black Friday and you're trying to discount it, and again, I'm going to get there, your standards are too low and you're not ready. I remember I talked to a girl once about, she's like, but I just like him a lot and he likes me. And, and by the way, he's just super cute, but that has nothing to do with it. You know? And we're talking and I go, is he like, how's he doing in the battle against pornography? Is he, is he gaining victory? Well, what do you mean? Because every dude is struggling with that. And so like, are you okay with that? If, if you're gonna like accept him before he's gained victory over there? Well, you know, Sam, like everybody knows guys just come with porn. Ladies, your standard is too low. That is not true. And I'll tell you what, this is my promise that if you don't believe me, give me another three to four years because there are guys, your brothers in Christ that are in this room right now and they are actively waging war against their sin. And while the world wants you to think, guys will never get over that. There are guys in this room who are getting over that. And I have no secrets here when I say, I think there are a lot of great guys in this room that two, three, four years from now, I would love nothing more than to do your wedding. Just not yet. Have a high standard. Do not compromise on this. There are guys in this community who are working to blow that standard out of the water. I promise you, there will be a harvest of men at this church because right now they're growing. Another, another characteristic here, character and integrity. We talked earlier about the different parts of your life. Is your life united under one common goal and passion? Ladies, is your entire life devoted to following and obeying Jesus Christ? My sisters, keep growing in this. Don't be distracted. And then here's the last one. This is extremely practical, not spiritual. It's just wisdom. One of the, 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 one of the most important characteristics here is your age and your stage. You can be the most mature lady in the Western Hemisphere. But if you're 15, you got them. What are you going to do, right? Well, let's use a less obvious example. Let's say you're 18. Well, technically, I can, I'm ready because at midnight on my 18th birthday, I got visited by the fairy godmother, and she said, poof, you're ready. Like, you know, it doesn't work like that, right? Like, when I was a kid, nobody taught me this. And my rule in my house, because my parents, when I was born, they were like, uh-oh. How are we going to handle the dating talk? And so my parents did what a lot of good godly parents do. They punted. And they said, we don't really know what to do with this. So you're not allowed to date till you're 16. Boof, right? And that bought them 16 years. And then I was 15. And I was like, hey, mom, mom, I'm almost 16. I'm almost ready to date a girl, ma. <laughs> and like on 12 o'clock, I was like, I was doing this. I was like, I've never even worked on myself, right? And I'm just like, I'm almost 16. I'm almost 16. And then I turned 16, and it's like, poof. I'm just really ready to be an example for the spiritual girls in my life. <sighs> Can I pray for you? <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. So you need to actively be ready. But the age and stage, it's not an age. It's not a number. Look at the stage of life. If you're 18 and you graduated high school and you go, I can do it now. If you know that you don't want to be married for another four years because you want to do school, you got to consider that. And why can't we just date for four years? We'll get there. 
but just consider those things, okay? And so this is what maturity looks like. Women are getting ready. And so here's what, I, look, look, these girls, they're taking notes. And I can even feel it in the room, this level of like, among the ladies, oh, I, I gotta be ready. I gotta start doing these things. I gotta start talking to my leaders. Let's relax. And I wanna encourage you with something. You don't need to go out and start doing something new. Because here at Citizens Youth, this is actually the very things that we've been working toward the entire time. And so if you start in seventh grade or sixth grade here and you stay plugged into community, even through the tough years, even when you don't want to, even when your leader hurt your feelings, even when your bestie subtweeted you, even when your friend ain't your Wendy's Frosty. I know I just trivialized all the things before that with that comment. Hey, it's been three months. I'm shaking off the rust. If you just stay plugged into community, you're gonna graduate high school and you're gonna have a great head start. If you're new to this community and what I'm saying to you is appealing to you, and you go, I wanna grow, I wanna be a man, I wanna be marriage material, plug into community. Learn what these pictures are. We are a community that uh, uh, we prioritize community. We and pursue spirit-empowered holiness. We engage in gospel mission. We contribute our God-given gifts. We embrace godly authority. And we prioritize God's word. Plug in a community. Ladies, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. All right, so number one, you're extremely valuable. Number two, you need to get ready. But then number three, this is where it gets a little bit crazy, okay? This is where the bombshell comes. This is where things get really, really Harry, I've explained the metaphor to you. I explained that a mature woman is actively getting ready for a man to come in and they're both ready and poof, and they can make the purchase. What happens when you engage in the process of selling your MacBook before you're ready? And this is what we're talking about, the when of dating, Okay. Oh, shoot, I almost forgot that. We need to go back. Let's go back, let's go back, let's go back. All right, ladies, real quick, this is my vision. This is my prayer. As your pastor, here's what I want, okay? I want people to come into this community. I want men to come into this community. I want other ladies that are new. I want them to talk to the ladies of citizens and get the sense that something is different here. And when they go, why is it different? A citizen's lady would say, that's because here at Citizens, we're more focused on becoming the one than finding the one. I know what it's like when you go to youth group. And I visited the youth groups growing up. And if we were all being honest, we were all going to the meat market. Hey, bro, you want to come to my youth group with me? I already have my own. I said, do you want to come to my youth group with me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. But Citizens is not the hormone pool. It is not the Apple store even. <laughs> this is where we come to grow, not to find. This is where we come to become not to actively search. Sound good, ladies? Ladies, can you, do you wanna be a woman that says that? Do you wanna be a woman who that's true about? Grow in that, my sisters, grow in that. So you're growing, you're getting ready, but now we need to talk about the when of dating, right? The when of dating. What happens if a young lady starts to engage the process of finding a spouse before she's ready to be a spouse? I never thought of it that way. Great, well, let's talk about that. I call this premature dating. Premature dating. This is my simple definition. 
looking for a spouse before you are ready to be a spouse. Walking into the Apple store to buy a computer before you have the money to purchase a computer. Putting your computer on display for sale when you have not finished the necessary modifications to actually sell it. Premature dating. Okay, to put it another way, the, when of, the what of dating must determine the when of dating. And so ladies, I'm going to give it to you super clear here, okay? The point of engaging in an exclusive one-on-one dating relationship with potential buyers is to make a decision. To figure out if marriage is a good decision. And so my question to you is this. Why would you have serious talks with potential buyers until you're actually ready to sell? Why would you waste time on potential buyers if you're not even ready to sell? In other words, since the point of dating, oh, yeah, if they don't have cash money, okay? Since the point of, or forget cash money, because, yo, this dude can be strapped with cash. But if you're not ready, so what? You can be sitting here and pointing the finger at the guys in this community saying, I just wish they would grow up. I just wish they were more mature. I just wish they would make money. And what happens when they do make money? Are you ready, ladies? This is your week. My sisters, I love you. And I can't wait. I've already, I've been here long enough now. I'm starting to do weddings and they are so much fun. Stay the course. Grow in this, my sisters, okay? Since the point of dating is to find a spouse Wait until you're ready to be a spouse. And this is where everybody who's laughing, like, Sam is so funny. I love point number one. I love point number two. You're dead to me, Sam. I hate point three. That's what happens. And I get it, dude, because I hated point three too. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into why I believe point three. I wanna convince you of that. But I do wanna say this. Number one, I didn't do it right. So at the end of the day, I can't judge you. Number two, if you disagree with me and you still go on and you're doing these things, we're cool, homie. I wanna help you. I don't think you should have a cat. But if you do have a cat, let me help you declaw it so it doesn't pull your eyes out of your head. I don't think you should own a cat, but if you insist on having a cat, I'm still gonna come over as your leader and pastor. Let me at least help you learn how to comb it. Is that what you do? You, you sh- Let me teach you how to brush the cat so you don't look like the crazy cat lady when you go to school with hair all over yourself, okay? So there's no shame. If you disagree with me on this, I still love you. And I I was even tempted for a season there to stop point number three because I was getting so much pushback. And then you know why I didn't stop? Because all of my students who were sitting where you are, they're now young adults and they're married and they're in college and they go, Sam, thank you so much. Please don't stop. I have, I have young adults who are coming to me saying, can I tell them, please, 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 Sam, can I do your breakout session with you so I can tell them to listen to you? And I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> but thanks for encouraging me. And so I, I just submit this to you in love. I love you. I really do, man. I love you guys so much. And I want to help you. You're leaders. We want to help you through this. But let me tell you why I say number three really quickly, okay? These are some traps of premature dating. You say to me, Sam, why can't I just start the process now and then in 17 years we'll finally get married? 
Why can't my high school sweetheart of 12 years old, that's not even high school, right? Why can't my middle school sweetheart just, it'll work out. We'll be 28. We'll both have our careers. It'll be great. Here's why that's not going to work, okay? Here's some traps. Number one, danger. The danger of sexual sin. An official relationship status brings a level of physical expectation and pressure. Let me explain it to you. The first time I held my wife's hand, I flew to the moon. Literally, no. In my heart, in my corazón, we were walking down the streets of DC and it was dusk and the sky looked like one of those Instagram filters and I built up enough courage to my new girlfriend. I don't even know what we were because she didn't even say she liked me yet, but I was going for it. And I was like, do you want to hold hands? And she was like, and I held her hand and it was like, it was the best. How many of you guys, I'm talking about dudes here, how many of you guys have held a girl's hand and you felt what I'm talking, you felt those tingles, right? And you were like, I believe in God. He's real, right? And you felt what you know. Ladies, you're laughing, but this is a dude thing, all right? It was awesome. Tell you what, I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna hold my wife's hand. How many of you know it's not gonna feel the same? It, Sam, you're so heartless. My husband's gonna love me and hold my hand till I'm 70. He will, but he's going to be complaining about how much you're sweaty in your palms. <laughs> I, I'm, be, I'm getting too real here. But I, was like, I can't wait to be married and cuddle. And I'm like, get off me, woman. You know, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. But listen, the point is, what is satisfying now is not going to be satisfying in two years. What is satisfying now is not gonna be satisfying in six months. And so you say, Sam, we're not gonna mess up. We're gonna date for four years and we're gonna do it right. Are you gonna hold hands? Yeah, holding hands is gonna be good enough for four years. No, no, we'll just kiss. Oh, so you're gonna peck? Well, no, we'll make out. Oh, no, we'll go. I'm telling you guys, danger, beware of sexual sin. It's the law of diminishing returns. The firework, it's a four second fuse. If you don't want the firework to go off for another hour, don't light the four second fuse. The Bible says, do not awaken love before it's time because, oh, it's a fuse. Okay? Enough said. Here we go. Watch out for danger. Watch out for discounting. Ladies, I've talked about this, but some of you in this room, you don't fully understand your worth yet. And so you are tempted to give yourself away for a discount. You have not grown in your godliness and identity. And so when you engage in the process too early, you are often willing to entertain guys who are unworthy of your time. You are willing to talk to guys who walk in with credit cards and give them yourself on a loan. And you say to yourself, well, I'm sure they'll make enough money later. Ladies, that's a major, major danger. When you date at this age and at this stage, you are in danger or you, you may fall into the trap of discounting yourself. Number three, distracted. There are a lot of girls in this world who instead of working on their MacBook, they are out here daydreaming out the window. And they're looking at every guy who walks by the sidewalk going, mine, 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 mine. Mine, mine, mine. Ladies, these are some of the most, uh, most formative years of your life. Don't be distracted because here's what's gonna happen and this breaks my heart. Here's what's gonna happen. Sit down. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna mess around right now 
And then at 21 or 22, you're going to wake up and go, I want to get married. But now I got to get started on growing up. And so here's what I tell my small group guys. I'm going to be super candid with you, all right? I go, guys, you're 16, you're 17. Your friends in school, yeah, they get to make out right now at 17. But you're doing the hard work of growing up. And so when they turn 21 and they decide it's time to grow up, they made out at 17, but you're going to make love at 21, right? Like you're going to be doing now what they wish they did in these years. And when they finally are trying to figure out a career and how to grow up and how to be mature, you're going to be 21 and married on your honeymoon. All right? (laughs) Talking to the guys right there, right? And so don't be distracted. These are formative years. So ladies, I'm asking you, please don't be distracted. But then I'm also warning you, please don't be distracting. Okay? Because here's what happens, ladies. You know you're not ready. You know it's not time to sell. But you don't want him to go to another computer. I know I'm not ready, but I don't want to lose him. And so you distract him just enough to keep him around your side of the table. So you could basically put him on layaway so that he doesn't wander away from your table and you're distracting him. And ladies, I'm defending my boys here. Please do not get in our ways when we are trying to wage war on our sin, when we are trying to not be distracted. Don't worry about us wandering to another girl. We're trying to wander out of the store completely right now. We're trying to grow up. And so ladies, please don't be distracted. And then the last trap here, and then I'm going to invite the panel up. The last trap that you can fall into <coughs> is disappointment. Ready? Tucker, come here, Tucker. Tucker, come here. <coughs> Tucker, come here. We're going to get him married. Sammy, come here, please. Sammy, come here. Um, uh, uh, Gracie, come here. Eleni, come here. Come, Eleni, come here. Come here. Hurry, 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 hurry. Stand on the stage, on the stage, on the stage. Ready? All right. Tucker is a man in our community who is striving for matur- maturity. Everybody say, hi, Tucker. These are other ladies in our community. Everybody say, hi, ladies. Sociology and the humanities will tell us that there is a good chance that any one of these ladies can be lucky enough to marry Tucker one day, right? I'm just being real. Chances are you will marry somebody that you know right now. So if there are three people in this community, how much of a percentage do they have of marrying Tucker? 33.33 repeating. This is not the bachelorette. Just stick with me, okay? They each have a 33% chance of marrying that guy. Tucker's impatient. He doesn't want to wait. And so he says, hey, what's going on? Boof, they date. (laughs) I, I got you, bro. I got you, right? They date prematurely. They make mistakes because they're teenagers. And that's what we do. They make mistakes. They now have a history. They break up. She goes on the stage. What percentage? 33. What percentage? 33. What percentage? Not anymore because she's no longer just one of the ladies in the community. She's now Tucker's ex. Ladies, if there's a guy in your community that you think he's cute and good looking and he's on a trajectory of growth, the best thing you can do is leave him alone, keep your distance and pray for him and trust in the sovereignty of God because if he's your man, he'll be there one day. But what we do is we try to make things happen on our own, we mess things up and now we have disappointment. 
Sit down, please. One of you will tonight marry Tucker up. Um, does that make sense, ladies? How many of you have ever seen this play out? All right. There's history. There's disappointment. And so, all right, all right, here we go. Conclusion, what do I do now, Sam? I'm 16. You've convinced me. I'm not ready to be married, but I like boys. Sam, boys are cute. And you know what I say to you? Yes. Not yes, they are. I'm like, yes, everything is working. That's okay, and that is awesome. I had a girl, she told me, but Sam, when a guy shows me attention, like, that feels good. I'm, I'm flattered. Great. You don't need to be ashamed of that, ladies. Everything is working, and that is just affirmation of God's sense of self-worth and respect in yourself. All right, and so if you like a girl, he, or I'm sorry, if you like a guy, Here's what culture tells you to do. They say, ladies, you like him? You know what you need to do, right? You need to go this way to exclusive dating relationship. And what I'm gonna tell you is, I think there's another way. I don't think you have to act on those feelings and make it an exclusive dating relationship. I think you can find out next week. I think you can find out next week because I'm going to introduce you as I talk to the guys a better course of action, a better way to act on these impulses that you guys are feeling, a better way to act on the crushes and the sparks and the dynamics and the hormones that are coursing through your body, all right? And so ladies, everybody look at me, all the ladies, I love you, you are my little sisters and I'm so excited that I, along with your leaders, that we get to walk with you through some of the most practical things in your relationship with Jesus, all right? You're valuable, you need to be getting ready, and remember that if you're not ready to be a spouse, don't go looking for a spouse. Thank you. All right. We're gonna ask some questions. We're gonna ask some questions. Oh, shoot, I have some giveaways. Ladies, uh, high school ladies, uh, high school ladies who said, Sam, this was a really good talk and I wanna learn more. Any high school ladies? High school ladies that wanna know more. There it is. You wanna learn more? Okay. Tell me, what was the name, what was the name of the store? The Apple Store. She earned it. There it is. You guys share a book. You guys, you're not even your middle school boy. There it is, senior from Camus. All right. So, and you know what? I'm gonna give away a MacBook too. There you go, there it is, all right? It's yours, I'm serious, keep it. All right, please come up, come on up. Um, Sharon Petty, Chris Petty, Jordan Cassis, uh, Christina Haney, Chelsea Thompson. These are some ladies that are gonna talk to you and answer your questions, as well as a father who's gonna talk to some daughters today from a loving father's perspective. So let's welcome up our panel. All right. We got a good panel of wisdom here for you tonight. As we've been talking about in Proverbs, you know what. Um, so just real quick, he, he kind of, Sam kind of gave you a quick introduction, but just go back around, say your name. Um, I don't know, maybe a fun fact about yourself. Favorite ice cream flavor. There we go. Oh. <laughs> I'm Jordan and chocolate peanut butter anything. Girl done stole my favorite ice cream. 
My name is Christina, and my favorite ice cream of all time is chocolate peanut butter. I'm Chelsea, and uh, my favorite ice cream is also that. But I also like the um, like the Oreo vanilla e stuff. Yeah, cookies and cream. My name is Sharon. I like lactose-free vanilla. Chris and mint chocolate chip. Yes. Uh, you know me. My name is Courtney. I'm your moderator for today. And uh, normally it's been mint chocolate chip, but um, what's the fancy till? Thank you. Tillamook Mudslide is the most magical dream ice cream you will ever eat in your life. Man. All right, so uh, these are some uh, people who we trust, we love, um, and they um, offered to come do the panel. Like we said, we've got four ladies who are all married and have dated before. Wow. That's how you get there, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, and we have our father on the panel to kind of speak to that element of like, man, ladies, you are precious. Here's how we do it well. Um, so I... As we go throughout the evening, um, with the time that we have, you can continue to send in questions. Um, they come to me. They will be read anonymously, so don't stress. Um, so let's get started. We have um, had a lot of questions. We're going to kind of start off with a big one, because I think there's, there's a, a, a lot of these questions. So, um, But a lot of questions related to can you and should you date a non-Christian? Or should you date someone who maybe doesn't have a religion but is open to Christianity? Or should you, can you date someone who maybe is on the fence with Christianity? Um, so we've had a lot of those questions come through. Um, yes. Jordan, you want to start? <laughs> oh, there's, yeah, there's two. There's a microphone right behind you guys. Petties, you can take that. Both of those will, will work for you. I think the image that has helped me the most and that hopefully has helped others is just the, uh, the image of being unequally yoked, of just like two oxen being hooked together and then you plow down into the ground and you want to go equal speed. And you just want to be with someone who's going the same direction, same speed, same strength level. Um, and I think to... Uh, it's quite a path, quite a journey you're on of life and living for God. And if that is the full purpose of your life and you have your partner that's constantly want to go this way or backwards, um, you won't be able to complete what you're called to do, living for Jesus. Yeah. Um, all right. Some vulnerability here. I actually dated someone who was, um, yeah, different religion completely. And I was trying my hardest to um, convince, and um, we just got in so many different arguments, and it really became like a, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And it's like, but the Lord was so tenderly and gracefully pulling my heart and reminding me, hey, hey, this is not what I have for you. And if you give this guy to me, pray for him. And so, um, and it wasn't easy, you know, because, you know, as girls, we get 
you know, crushes. And like Sam said earlier, like everything's working, that's good, you know. But at the same time, um, the most loving thing that I could do, and I knew Jesus, like I knew Jesus, the most loving thing that I could do was give him up and pray for him that Jesus would reveal himself because he wasn't going to, you know, God has a plan for him. But being, we were unequally yoked, and it, it wasn't going to work. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, to kind of add on to that, um, Sharon and Chris, I'd like you to add maybe a little bit to what's the value of, because if dating is for marriage, what's the value of um, having someone, because in marriage you're united by heart, to have someone who has the same heart center? And what's the value of that? Why is that so important? So, can I answer the first question? Yes. <laughs> I'll leave the hard one for Sharon. Um, so, I've got two daughters, so I can look at it from their perspective as a dad. And I think it's just as easy to be attracted to and to find a non-Christian to date um, as a Christian. And if you start down that path, um, you might be telling yourself, this is high school. This is not college, it's not, we're not gonna get married, um, just getting a little experience, and you're starting down a path that um, ultimately isn't a place you necessarily wanna go. And so if you wanna start down a path, make it a path that you wanna go down to the end. Um, and so the other question might become, well, if we're just dating in high school, you know, we're not gonna get married, that's years and years down the road. And I personally know a lot of different couples that started dating in high school and are married now. Um, so one of the things I would suggest is when you first uh, find somebody, um, and we're talking about friend dating, we're gonna follow Sam's guidelines, um, is to find out where they stand on something as fundamental as your faith. As important a part of you um, that will be a, a, a central part of conversations of how you address problems, um, and everything else. So uh, it's, um, it's something that's very easy to do, and I would encourage you to, to not do it. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Jump in. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So I um, was talking to Chris about like how I, what um, I wanted to convey tonight. And I was really fortunate because I come from a really long legacy of Christian marriages in my family. And so I have parents who, I, Chris and I parent in the way that I was parented, and I think Chris was parented the same way as well. Speaking of, it's way easier to parent with somebody that you're connected to spiritually. <laughs> so now that I'm thinking out loud. So one more bonus for dating or marrying a Christian. Anyway, um, my mom and dad always talked to us about how you will not be able to convert your spouse. Missionary dating is dangerous. It's, there's too many emotions and hormones and ups and downs and trying to figure out who you are as a believer in your relationship with Jesus and to try and get somebody else on the same page it's great to introduce them to Jesus, but to be in a relationship 
where you're dating and working on this person becoming a Christian is dangerous. And so I would say release them and pray for them that they do find Jesus and set them up with resources, but just be praying for them and not dating them at the same time. Yeah, that's really good. Um, uh, Tim Keller in his book on marriage talks about how marriage is like the ultimate friendship and Christian friendship is marked by um, a constant reconciliation, confession, forgiveness, and it's only a, it's a Christ-like thing, right? We're confessing, we're, we're reconciling with one another, and if you have someone who doesn't reconcile to Christ, how are they going to reconcile to you? How are you going to fix conflicts in your relationships? Um, those, are, those are big things. And then how do you help, as you have kids, like how do you resolve conflicts with your kids and your family um, and such? Any, anything more to add on on that subject? Um, I just wanted to say to um, someone that doesn't carry the same identity in Christ that you do, doesn't recognize the value that it holds. And so um, I think just it's really important to um, be equally yoked in that sense that um, they just don't understand, um, and maybe someday they will as you, as you pray for them, but they just don't understand um, just that place that Christ holds in uh, your life and that that Christ is the center of your life and you know if they're trying to become the center of your life that's never the place they're supposed to be so um, another reason you don't want to be dating or married to someone that is a non-christian or not part of your religion yeah so we've had a lot of questions about the right time right so Sam talked about like your age and stage is really important the right time of dating um, and so um, we've had some questions of like, what happens? What do you do when you are attracted to someone and you're in a culture where they're like, like Sam was saying, like you like them, then exclusive dating relationship, absolutely, that's your next step. So it's like how, it's, we had a question like, how do you interact with the culture that you're in? And then how do you um, face temptation? How do you um, guard yourself from maybe going that way if you know you shouldn't? Um, so, Basically, like, how, how can our students live differently? <laughs> I would say that, I mean, from practically speaking, groups are awesome because groups have accountability. Groups are fun. I really feel like it's more fun to be in a boy-girl group and, like, have games and interaction going on and where you're engaging with each other and being silly. I think it's totally fun to be silly and flirt a little bit and just have, and I say flirt in the sense of um, just being silly and having fun, friendly with each other, connecting in that way, um, not sexual in any way, and, you know, just um, playing ping pong or, you know, whatever, whatever games are out, just like you guys all ping do. Pong, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we have a ping pong table, okay? <laughs> For a reason. No. So come play. Pro tip. Uh, thank you. Thank you. But groups are great. And I think that helps with um, the temptation and keeping things just groupy. Good. Yeah. Good. Somebody else go. I think um, it's so important from, from my uh my life, I didn't have a community like this. Um, I wasn't connected to a youth group at all, um, certainly not a godly 
youth group that was um, striving to l live like Jesus or live for Jesus um, like you guys are. And um, I dated a couple different people in high school, and it certainly did not bring me closer to Jesus. Um, but I like lean on your community because you guys can use one another to continue to like, you know, the, the road of holiness, continue to like direct one another, kind of be bumpers for one another because there are going to be temptations to go and date people when you know you shouldn't and use your community to, you know, your small group um, to say, hey, hey, I have this guy that I'm, I'm interested in and he's, he's not a Christian or, you know, and, or even he is a Christian, but I'm, you know, 14 and I'm, I shouldn't really be dating. I know that, but, um, just use those people that love you and care for you and, um, are growing right alongside you as well as your leaders. It's, that's one of the best ways. And I didn't have that. And I, I, uh, am jealous that you guys have this in a good way. Like, I'm really happy that you guys have this community. Uh, I would also say just since you know that's what it's going to be like throughout the day, just check in with the Lord in the morning. Okay, God, you never said this was going to be an easy thing to follow you, but I'm going to do it today. Like, please walk with me in the halls. As people try to flirt with me, let me just kindly like, okay, okay, haha, ha, and just like, help me, God, walk with me, like, Please bring a girl around the corner. Like, just like engage with the Lord as you are trying so hard to live with Him. He is trying so hard to do it with you, you know? He's in that fight with you. So I would say, like, engage your heart and your mind in that process as often, daily, minutely as you need to. He'll help. What are ways um, that our students could talk about this with their friends? So um, we've had a question of, like, um, how do I talk to my friends who, like, are not in the church why I'm not dating? Or how do you talk to friends who are pushing you towards, like, dating when you know, like, you're not ready for it? How, how could they have those conversations? Christina, do you have any thoughts? Yes. <laughs> I see them mulling around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I will say, as you are just growing in your faith and you're learning about God's design, um, how he created you, I think it could be honestly, and this comes, I've got to have cool conversations in my past when Jesus saved me um, after high school. But, um, but yeah, when people are like, whoa, like, why the drastic change in your life? Like, you were like this, and now you're like this. And honestly, like, it was a joy to be able to open that conversation and be like, yeah, I did that, and I was like that, and I'm telling you, like, I've experienced Christ, and I'm learning the way I'm supposed to actually live. Like, I was designed to live a certain way. Like, God has... Uh, freedom and liberation for me and is freeing me from my bondage, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. And so I think, you know, um, it's, it's awesome to have friends, you know, like I'm sure you all have friends in here who do not know Jesus. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. And so you also have an amazing access to leaders here who would just love to be praying with you for those friends. That is another one that comes to my mind is just get connected with some women leaders, guys, guy leaders, and share your heart. Hey, there's there's this friend of mine. I care about them so much, and I want them to know Jesus, and it starts with praying. Pray for them. Intercede um, together as a community for them. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I want to add something. I, th- I think that that question is really an important one. I think the answer to it is, you're going to have two answers for that question. One is your own personal answer, how you answer that to yourself that you wouldn't share with anyone else. Um, and I think that um, I've always thought the most important thing in life are relationships. Um, you've got your friends, you've got your family, your teachers. Um, outside of the relationship you have with God, the most important relationship you're going to have is with your, your spouse, your, your wife or your husband. And so really important that we get these things right. And I really applaud the effort that's been put into uh, this session, um, the issues that are coming up, and all the food that we have just to feed off of. Um, So the first question of, have a good answer for yourself. As far as your buddy, um, they're just talking. You can give them any answer you want. You can say, because I'm not ready, because I haven't found someone I like, um, because I'm busy, because I'm washing my hair on Thursday night. You can give them whatever answer you want. Um, If they're a believer and they're a really good friend, I suggest that you go into dialogue and talk about some of these things. And and you'll find out that, you know, together you can come up with some really good reasons. That's good. And we haven't mentioned it before, but there's a whole world of, like, um, snickers and whisperers, right? One thing you can do, and these are the people who are like, you looked at that guy. You should be together. Right? (laughs) Like if you if you are a snicker or whisperer, just shut your mouth. You're not helpful, okay? If you are surrounded by snickers and whispers, like have an honest conversation. I had to have those with my couple of my best friends because they'd be like every time a single guy walked into the room, they'd be like, "Hey," and I'm like, "I just am trying to <laughs> praise Jesus right now, okay?" You know, and like it just wasn't helpful. It creates ideas and fantasies in your mind that is not helpful for you. And I had to go to my friends and be like, could you just stop? (laughs) Like, can you stop snickering and whispering? Can I interact with these people as human beings, you know? And that's, you know, those people closest to you, if they, if they love you, (laughs) if they care for you, like you can have those honest conversations with them. Um, How would a young lady know that she is ready for this kind of relationship? Um, there's questions of like, how do you know the right age, or how do you know that you're ready for a dating relationship? How do you know that you're ready to be a spouse? How did you? I want to know, like, ladies, because you're all married up here. How did you? How did you know you were ready? <laughs> like, I didn't know if I was ready. Funny moment. You <laughs> <laughs> can't follow my high school example. You can follow the latter half of my college example, though. Um, No, throughout high school, I was just kind of secretive, even when I did get to 16. I don't know why. Still secretive at that point. Um, And so I think by the time I was an adult, 
my parents were like, all right, she doesn't want to hear it. And I remember when Sam asked me out for the first time, I called my parents. And I was like, what do you think? And they're like, well, you know, you're a grown-up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't want that crap. Like, tell me for real. What do you think of Sam? Like, and she was like, yeah, I think you should go for it. But when I had asked that a month ago about somebody else that had asked me out, she goes, you know, the same answer. Oh, well, oh, well. And I go, no, 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 tell me for real. She goes, run. <laughs> and so literally, I think I was ready when I was ready to be told no. Um, and I could kind of take that. Um, I think you really, ugh, man, the heart is deceitful above all else. You really need people who are going to tell you the truth because, wow, like you can really play things in your head and uh, it gets foggy. It really does. And I remember like the little calculator in a girl brain, like literally you could be walking like down the street and a stranger passes and you're like, 14% chance you will marry this person. Like, <laughs> and you're like, I'm Bob Schmorden, Jordan Schmorden. No, it wouldn't work. Like you just literally like, you have a calculator in your head and you have to surrender the calculator to somebody who's a better mathematician than you and trust somebody else. I hope you're laughing because you had it too. <laughs> and I wasn't the only weirdo, but. Yeah, I would say really just try to find people that you could trust, that you respect their relationships, let them speak into your life. That was super, super, super huge for me. And I had girlfriends too, where I was like, Sam asked me out. And they're like, go for it. I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, he's so crazy. He's going to be so exhausting. They're like, go for it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, input of other people can make good things happen. Yeah. yeah, and I think the key thing there, too, of, like, parents, you have Christian parents, like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. neglect mm. the influence of your parents, especially yeah. Christian parents. L listen to them, right? Because they have, like, they like, they know you since you were born. Like, I one day, like, a week ago, a month ago, I went to my mom, and I was like, I think I have perfectionist issues. She's like, are you kidding me? When you were a toddler, you couldn't have the, the line on your sock be wrong, or you would cry for hours. She's like, I've known this since you were born. I'm like, oh, mom, teach me about myself. Yeah. Right? Like, they know you. Pay attention to them. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, this is a loaded question. Um, man. So I didn't really grow up in a Christian home. So I came to the Lord later in life. Um, some huge things that are sticking up to me just are like, it was so, so vital and important that I knew my worth and my value and my identity in Christ. Like that, because I had searched for that in all the wrong places in my life, like, I, God had to, I had to go away with Jesus for some years, honestly. Like, like he needed to restore to me, like, restore my heart. And, and I couldn't do that with a boyfriend. I'd be distracted. Like, I would be so distracted. Um, and praise him for his grace, because he gave me 
just people around me. And I'm saying it, ladies, you need other ladies. I literally don't believe I could have done this without other mentors and ladies in my life that are like, come with me, like come with me tonight. Or like I was tempted to text a guy at two in the morning or go to his house and they're like, text me instead, come over instead. Like that is what you have here. You have people willing to do that for you here. And I, man, that is like, you need that. <laughs> you, you need that because we're all gonna face temptation. Um, and another, another way I feel like that maybe, or I was, it's funny to say, I was ready because I'm like learning so much. We're always like learning from, all right, I made it to point B. All right, next to C, now C. It's like to the day that we die, we're learning constantly, and it's a journey. But um, one of the main ways that I, I felt like I was ready was I asked the closest people to me who knew my life uh, very intimately. I asked them, what do you think about this, Chris Haney? Well, we don't really know him because he's overseas in Egypt being a camel and eating everything. No, <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just letting them in on the relationship, that, I mean, that is key to realize, like, like that shows a lot of, like, maturity. If you let other people in, you want other people to look in on your relationship. Like, you want that. You don't want to go in hiding and secret because that's where you fall in the dangers and the traps of sexual sin, of all of the things that so quickly lead down the wrong path. And so I would say, um, ask the people closest to you, your parents, you know, um, and the ones that love you the most. Um, don't be afraid to, I guess, be vulnerable with, with people who love you and want to lead you um, to Jesus as well. That's good. There's been a, a lot of questions and a lot of questions we can't answer tonight. Um, but just as Sam had you look around the room and point to somebody who's older than you, if you have a question, find that person who's older than you and ask them your question to their face. We'd love to answer it. Um, but just with the last few moments, we're a little bit over, but we're going to wrap it up right here. Um, what, just some final words, quick thoughts. What's one thing that you want these ladies to hear tonight? Like if you could say one thing, like, please hear this, what would be like the one thing you want them to hear? Um, a, a man in your life, um, a date, in a dating relationship or even into a marriage relationship um, is never meant to take the place of God in your life. You, um, just as you aren't a perfect person, your, your husband, uh, won't be a perfect person, and um, you need Christ at the center of your marriage um, to to make any marriage work. Um, and you have to continue to. You don't get married and have it be smooth sailing from then. You have even once you're married, you have to continue to walk closer and closer to Jesus. Um, or even Christian marriages don't work. I can't even. We've been married ni 19 and a half years, and. I can't imagine. It's because of ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but um, 
I can't imagine going through 19 years of marriage and not having a husband who I'm equally yoked with because it is hard. And we have a really great marriage and we have a really great family and, um, but it's hard, it's really hard. And but it's so awesome to go through low times and Chris is like praying for me and encouraging me with scripture and just like holding me up and holding our family up through difficult times that we've had and he's had hard times and mm. I can do the same for him. And we always comment on how when one of us is down or struggling more, the other one of us seems stronger. And God is so faithful to us in our marriage in that way. And it is so worth it. Mm. Even if you're lonely for several years waiting, it is so yeah. worth it. So. Any other final thoughts? I would say um, a lot of damage can be done even at a really, really young age that can carry a very long time. Also, a lot of miraculous, incredible things can come at a very young age if you're just striving with Jesus and okay with being the weirdo who doesn't date. Um, and just, God is so worth it. He's with you. He loves you. He's, I mean, a subject you could study for millennia. And the depths of his goodness, his love, his grace, the way he's called you and loved you, is just, think about that, you know? And um, try to set your focus on that more than anything. And uh, he'll satisfy your heart. Um, I will disagree with Sam that the person you're likely going to marry is someone you probably don't know yet. Um, it's definitely possible. Uh, I didn't meet Sharon until I was 33, and I just prayed for patience, and I prayed for just, just being able to focus on other things. And so my recommendation is to just be patient and wait on God's perfect timing. And there's no rush. Um, I could have waited until 43 or 53, um, and I would have been very happy waiting for Sharon. Um, so it, that's my, my word of encouragement. That's good. Um, but we wouldn't I, have had our kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Christina, did you have yeah. a thought? Yeah, just, um, man, there's just so much on my heart, I think, for a lot of you ladies in the room. But you're so valuable. Like, you're so valuable and so loved, and God just knows you more than any, anyone, more than your parents, more than your best friend, and, um, and he's faithful, and he hears your cries uh, for your husband, and um, you can literally, you can trust God. He, he wants the best for you, and so do we, um, and no one's too far gone that God can't reach in your life. Nobody is too far gone. And there's no mistake if you've made that, oh, I'm beyond the grace of God. No, you're not. You really are not. Jesus hung on a cross and died for you and shed his blood so that you can taste and see his glory and his goodness and his mercy and to bring you back to himself and to restore you. So, yeah, yeah that's good. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, if you're like, man, I have more questions. Come back next week. 
Next week, we were talking to the gentleman. Gentlemen, where are you? It's your week next week. Let me uh, just say a quick prayer for us, and then we will go. Lord God, we thank you that you are in all things. God, that you are in all moments of our life. And God, we pray, God, for wisdom. We pray for courage to live differently. God, we pray for strength to live holy. God, and we pray for the desire um, to love you above all things, and we pray that you would satisfy our hearts in these things. And so we pray for these ladies, God, would you um, solidify their identity in you? God, would you strengthen their hearts um, that they would know that no matter what happens in their life, no matter um, what uh, dude sees them or doesn't see them, that you see them and you give them ultimate value, Lord. And so would you help us to glorify you in all that we say and all that we do and in every way that we relate to one another. God, we need your grace. We need your help. God, would you make us more like you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.